Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Believe in Fins Talk with TD. I am your host, Tony Dow. Everyone calls me TD, as you know. This is our official second episode. I'm so excited to keep on bringing these to you all. Listen, okay, the first episode is down. The reception is in. Thank you all so much for your love and support. I appreciate you supporting Believe in Fins Talk with TD. Again, thank you to the Believe Podcast Network for believing in me as well. And let's go ahead and do what we're here to do. But before we do, I want you all to know the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. I've been thinking, where should I put my money with so many options from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props? Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Here we are on Friday morning dealing with the Le'Veon Bell hangover. Yes, yes, yes. We drank too much Le'Veon yesterday and we wake up this morning with the hangover and nothing to show for it. <laughs> so yesterday, Le'Veon decides to take six hours out of every Miami Dolphin fan's life by teasing us with the potential of him being a Dolphin by Friday morning. Ultimately, it didn't work out that way. He ended up becoming a Kansas City Chief. But it started yesterday when we were one of three teams that had an opportunity to acquire the amazing running back. The Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, all fighting for one prize. We got even more excited when we found out that the Buffalo Bills were no longer in the race nor being considered by Le'Veon, and it was down to two. Miami Dolphins, Kansas City Chiefs. And in the end, he decided to chase a Super Bowl, which nothing's wrong with that, rather than help bring a team to the playoffs and potentially contend for a Super Bowl and get that bag. And y'all know what I mean when I say that bag, that money. So we wake up without Le'Veon Bell, but we also wake up knowing a lot more about our team. We can't be down on the simple fact that he did not choose Miami. These things happen. Had the Jets not released him, this would not have even been a possibility. So there's really nothing lost here. But there's so much that we gained, and especially as fans around the world, we gained knowledge of how our team views our running back room and the direction of our organization. We clearly have decided that we need a premier back in Miami. We went out this offseason during the draft and we traded. And yes, let me repeat that. We traded for Matt Breida, who is one of the fastest running backs in the league. Looks like he, he can be very productive for the Miami Dolphins. Then we also pick up Jordan Howard and free agent on a two-year, $10 million deal. We still had Kalen Bellage on the roster. We had Miles Gaskins. We had Patrick Laird, a few others. And everyone in the Miami Dolphins community, and let me be fair, not everyone, but about 95% of the Dolphins community had already made a conclusion 
back two, three months ago that Jordan Howard would be our premier back and he would lead the group. Matt Breida would be his backup. Kalen Balazs was no good. Patrick Laird would be the third guy. And Miles Gaskins would be the guy who either is the fourth back or makes the practice squad. That's what everyone said. Here we go, fast forward five weeks into the season, or should I say six, and we have a situation where Jordan Howard isn't even playing right now, started the very first game but got out-carried, and has been relocated to almost the back of the bench, sitting right next to Patrick Laird. We thought he was a goal line threat, but no, they kept Gaskins in last week on the goal line to punch in the touchdown. Although Howard didn't play, he's being replaced. He's the highest paid running back on our roster with a two-year, $10 million deal, only $5 million guaranteed. By going after Le'Veon Bell tells us one thing, Jordan Howard will not be a Miami Dolphin next year. It was an experiment that that was tried, and it's almost like the jury is already out that it has failed. So if Jordan Howard is not going to be a running back for the future, then what about Matt Breida? Well, what about Matt Breida? Talented young kid, has been one of the fastest guys in the NFL, open field speed, can catch the ball out of the backfield. But something's not clicking there either as he gets paid a little bit just over $3 million this year. And this is on a contract year where the Miami Dolphins actually traded for him, utilized an asset to go get him. So they obviously had some stock in him. They believed in him. But he's not the starting back. And if he wasn't going to be the starting back, you could almost assume that Jordan Howard would be, but that's not the case. It's not the case. Does that mean Matt Breida is a fail? No, because he's still getting carries. Just not as much as our youngest, brightest star in Miles Gaskins, who was a seventh-round pick, literally making pennies in NFL terms. So how do we go from picking up a free agent and Jordan Howard for $5 million a year, trading for Matt Breida and adding $3 million onto a contract, and having Patrick Lair, Miles Gaskins, who were nobodies in many people's eyes. I mean, they were someone, but you didn't think that they would be, they would be the guys carrying the load. And all of a sudden, our number one back in Miami is Miles Gaskins, who has a better yards per carry than every back on the roster, who has more yards than every back on the roster, and who has more carries in general and more catches and more yards for the catches. How did this happen? Let me tell you how it happened. The Miami Dolphins mean what they say when they tell you the best player plays. So it doesn't matter that Jordan Howard is the highest paid back on the roster if he's not the best player in practice. 
It doesn't matter that Matt Breida is the second best player on the in the running back room with the most speed if he's not practicing as such. Miles Gaskins has outpracticed every single one of these running backs, and when he gets on the field, he makes the most of his carries, and when Matt Breida and Jordan Howard gets on the field, they don't make the most of their carries. Now, to be fair, Matt Breida has been somewhat productive, but not on the scale that we'd hoped. This is why they went after Le'Veon Bell. They've already established the fact that Miles Gaskins is going to be a part of the future, but he's still young, can still develop, can still get better, has so much more upside. And why not bring in a veteran back that's actually good and productive to mentor that for the next one, two, or three years and then fade him out until Miles Gaskins takes the reign? But as we lose on that, opportunity in Le'Veon Bell we go back to Miles Gaskins running the ship anyway as like what you would call a true freshman in the NFL nothing's wrong with that I actually love it by the way but it is clear that this running back room is going to get a makeover next season if they don't continue to look for a deal at the position this season but it is clear that next season This room is going to be changed, and the only one that may be left is Miles Gaskins. Because although Patrick Laird is a a guy that many people like, he hasn't moved up the death chart neither. Him, Breida, Howard have been a disappointment. Now, Laird, I haven't seen his game to where he's been a disappointment, but he's he's not on the field. He's not on the field. And Breida, I can argue that, well, I don't want to say disappointment, but once again, his expectations were so much higher than Miles Gaskins, yet Miles Gaskins holds the reins. So now we're stuck at a place of, are we going to pick up a running back in free agency or are we going to draft the running back? Are we going to even have an opportunity in free agency to pick up a running back like Le'Veon Bell, which I have to add, he only signed a one-year deal with the Chiefs, which is this year, which means the Miami Dolphins may pursue him in the offseason again. If he wins the Super Bowl, he'll be slotted more money. Is that something Miami Dolphins want to invest in? Because once he wins a Super Bowl and becomes a free agent, the Chiefs already know they're not going to be able to acquire him again from a salary standpoint. And some people may say, well, he didn't want us now. Why would we want him later? That doesn't matter what we think in that regards. All that matters is what our front office and our coaching staff thinks in that regards. And we have evidence to prove that they may go after him again next year of free agency. Do you remember Jadavion Clowney? We tried to make the trade with Tunsil for Jadavion Clowney. He didn't want to come to Miami. Free agency opens. We didn't have a bitter taste in our mouth. We just went after him again. He chose not to. So next season, ladies and gentlemen, you might look at the possibility of the Miami Dolphins actually pursuing Le'Veon Bell in the offseason again. At this point, all we could do is hope that he splits carries 
in Kansas City and his value doesn't skyrocket through the roof because if he becomes a premier back over there, his his cap number is going to be massive come free agency of what he's going to demand from so many teams. But if he's splitting with um, the rest of those guys over there, the rookie, Damian, well, Damian Williams opted out. But if he's splitting carries with those guys, then all we can hope is that is his numbers aren't as big so that his cap of what he's going to want to make is at large. He's already made a lot of money. He finessed the Jets. We all know that. But the only reason I bring this up is because if you look at the Jadavion Clowney situation, it is a good possibility that we'll just pursue him again in free agency. But this time it's a little different from the Jadavion Clowney situation. He left his options up to two teams, one being the Chiefs and one being Miami. He chose the Chiefs. He said no to everyone else. But. When we come to free agency next year and the Chiefs don't want him anymore because they know they won't be able to afford him. And Damian Williams comes back from the opt-out due to COVID. They may not even need him. Look for the Miami Dolphins to be the front runners. Look for the Miami Dolphins to be the front runners and Le'Veon Bell in free agency next season. But once again, it's all going to determine, it's all going to, what's going to matter is how much is he going to be asking for? Because right now we're still going to be on the Le'Veon watch. Why? Because if he just balls out and does amazing, we may not be able to afford him. Or I'm not going to say we can't afford him. We may not want to afford him. But if he's splitting carries and he's having a subpar season because of the way their system is set up, look for the Miami Dolphins to pursue Le'Veon Bell again. That's my take on the Le'Veon Bell hangover. It is what it is, Dolphin fans. No need to be mad. No need to be sad. It is what it is. But it told us a lot about our running back room and the direction we're trying to go. And I have to give it up to Brian Flores and Chris Greer for attempting to even make this move. Same thing with Jadavion Clowney last year. It's showing you that we have a front office that's willing to make the necessary moves to make this team better. To make the team better. They're not sitting pat, just it is what it is. No, they're trying every opportunity they get to make this team better. They are trying at a reasonable price in a reasonable circumstance. And Le'Veon not choosing Miami. I know he chose legacy over money, but let's put things into context. I do not know the amount Miami threw at him, but I, I, I'm very confident that we didn't throw a ridiculous amount just to bring him to Miami. We threw an amount that was fair. Because had we thrown a ridiculous amount, he'd be a dolphin right now. I don't care. Legacy goes out of the window. A ridiculous amount is still going to get it done. I think the reason why he chose the Chiefs is because we threw a fair amount and it made the decision more even with the Chiefs. Super Bowl or fair, fair value? Super Bowl or fair value? I'm already getting $5 million this year from the Jets, $5.5 million, whatever it is. Super Bowl 
and are already cashing in five and a half million or fair value and a team that's rebuilding and we don't know who the quarterback's going to be long term and X, Y, and Z. That's why he's not a Miami Dolphin. But I commend the front office for not throwing the whole checkbook at him just to get him in Miami. They reported Miami's throwing a fair amount of money. They didn't say Miami's throwing a whole bunch of money. They said Miami's throwing a fair amount of money in our huge contenders. Special shout out to the front office. If you can't get it for a fair amount, then it ain't for you. And we'll try again in free agency. Because we don't want to get stuck into the Indomitian Sioux contracts again. Indomitian Sioux hasn't been with us since 2016. Yeah, in 2019 was the last year we we were actually paying for him on our salary cap. A man who hadn't played for three years on the roster, we were still paying up until 2019 against our salary cap. We can't do that anymore. Bad contracts. So I am so happy that we respected ourselves and whatever we offered him. Because like I said, had we offered him a ridiculous amount and disrespected our, our organization by just offering ridiculous contracts, he'd be a Dolphin right now. So I'm happy with the decisions that were made. But as we move forward, we go on to play the team that he just left in the New York Jets that just seems like a train wreck and everybody should beat them 50 to zip, right? No, ladies and gentlemen, that's not how it works in the NFL. The NFL, it is tough. It's a tough slate. Even the trash teams can get up and play well on any given week and sneak in a victory. When's the last time we had a no 16 team? When is the last time we had an 0-16 team? Not saying we haven't had it out there, but I'm, but it doesn't happen often, guys and gals. It doesn't happen often. So Brian Flores has a message to the team this week that we're not going to overlook anyone. We are going in to win because we need to win. We have to go bring our A game. We're not going to sleep and play down the competition. Now, at the same token, that's all rhetoric. That's all talk. We got to see what they produce on the field versus the Jets. They still have NFL caliber players. And with the right game plan, putting it together, they can get the job done. And it is our job, the Miami Dolphins, to make sure that that doesn't happen because we have a better game plan and we're more prepared and we dominate like we know we can. So as we play the Jets this week, it's just a it's just a, a thought process of what Miami will we get? What Ryan Fitzpatrick will we get? What do I think? I think that the Miami Dolphins play a very dominant defensive game this weekend. Now, I know this is the Jets and not the San Francisco 49ers, so it makes you think, oh, man, we're going to even be better. I don't think that we have the same success that we had versus San Francisco on the defense. But it's going to be a good day on the defense. 
We're going to make plays. We're going to get up and at the quarterback. And we're going to cause them to punt the ball quite a bit. And on the offense, I look for us to have a massive day. I look for our offense to pick up where they left off last week versus the San Francisco 49ers, throw the ball all over the field. And Miles Gaskins right now has a chip on his shoulder with something to prove. I look for him to have his biggest day of the season. I look for Miles Gaskins to have his biggest day of the season and show everyone, Le'Veon who? And if you're a Dolphin fan, that's exactly what you should be rooting for right now. I look for them to establish the run, Miles Gaskins be more productive. And I look for our receiving core and tight ends to eat all day. This is going to be an easy victory. I had one score prediction, but now I feel like changing it. I really do feel like the score is probably going to be about 38 to 13. 37-13, somewhere around there. That's where it's going to be. It's going to be another dominating day. The only concern that we have on this team versus the Jets is that whether or not Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to have a great day, whether he's going to turn the ball over or turn the ball up. And I believe he'll have a great day. And it's perfect timing going right into the bye, getting a little bit more healthy, getting a little bit more focused on the game plan, preparing for the road that we have ahead of us, especially with the schedule change. Especially with the schedule change. And I love the schedule change. A lot of people may not like it. I actually love it. Coming out of the bye, we're going to have a big test. But when do you want a big test when you're prepared for it? The Miami Dolphins are going to have two weeks to prepare for the L.A. Rams, who once again, guys, I'm not going to run from my thought process just like I didn't with Buffalo, and that fact has been proven. The L.A. Rams are literally, literally overrated in my opinion. Everyone's looking at the fact that the Rams have won how many? Four games and only lost one? But again, the Cowboys barely beating them in that terrible defense. Barely won. Cowboys have been terrible this season. The Eagles, another team that has been just terrible this season. They lost to the Bills, the only competitive team that's overrated themselves. They beat the Giants, another team that's terrible. Ladies and gentlemen, first of all, you need to understand the NFC East is the worst division in football this year. The entire division has one win except the Cowboys. The only reason they have two wins is because they play the Giants, who's in their own division.
So the truth is the Rams just haven't even played anyone worth, worth, worth anything. They're not a good team. They literally beat the entire NFC East. And everyone in that division has one win except the Cowboys. And that was because the matchup head-to-head with the Giants. So, yes, the one real team that they played, Buffalo, they lost. So the Miami Dolphins has all the chance in the world to get that W. And we have two weeks to prepare for. Two weeks. The Rams have to play the San Francisco 49ers. And that's going to be a Sunday night game. We get to sky. And, and look, our team gets to sit back on Sunday night after our own game versus the Jets because we're at home. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we're at home. We get to sit back in the locker room as we're leaving and we get to watch that game and scout the Rams and see how they play the team that we just demolished. We can win that game, and many say that's the tough game for us. That's the game that that we may actually lose. I disagree. I disagree. I think that the Miami Dolphins can go on a run, starting with the Rams and then going on to take on the Cardinals. Cardinals are in the same situation to me. The Panthers have beat them. They beat the Jets, and we all know what the Jets are right now. They beat the Cowboys, and we all know what the Cowboys are. No, 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 excuse me. They actually played the Cowboys this week. I'm reading that wrong. So they beat the 49ers, who we demolished, 24-20. to They beat Washington, another AFC, NFC East team. The Lions beat them. The Panthers beat them. They beat the Jets, and now they play the Cowboys. They've had an easy schedule. We're playing teams that we can beat if we play our best football. So, again, we have the Rams coming off of the bye. We have the Cardinals. Then we have the Chargers, who they aren't winning any games. But there is something about Justin Herbert that concerns me and worries me. <laughs> then we have the Broncos who are dealing with their quarterback woes. Then we have the Jets again. Then we have the Bengals. Listen, this is the opportunity for Miami to go on a run. Will they take advantage of it, though? It's always been the question. I think this is the time that we do. The next seven games are all winnable. And I want to see Miami go on a run that's so impressive, and I'm not talking about 7-0, but I don't see why this team, if they've made the necessary improvements and this defense has arrived and this offense continues to play well, I don't see why that we can't go 6-1 out of these 7, 5-2. Honestly, I, can't, I don't see why we can't go 7-0, but I'm just trying to you know, be fair here. But 6-1. You know where six and one will put us? That'll make us eight and four with four games left. There's no there hasn't been a more exciting time in the last twenty years to be a Dolphin fan than now.
We got to start this week versus the Jets, taking care of business, getting this W, going into the bye, preparing for the Rams, getting ready to go into that game and impress. Because if we beat the Rams, ladies and gentlemen, and we go four and three and we're above 500, everyone's going to know, okay, I need to stop disrespecting the Dolphins and pay attention to what's going on down in Miami. That Cardinals game is going to be so huge. And when we win that game and go five and three, and when people look at the rest of our schedule for the next five weeks after that, they're going to then finally understand that the Miami Dolphins could be headed to the playoffs. I continue to say it. every. Oh, this guy says playoffs. Oh, he must be delusional. Believe in something or fall for anything. And I believe that this is the time. Without the nude, without Tua Tagovailoa under reins, without the, the, the next year of having great draft assets, we can do it now. We can make the playoffs now. And I think we will. I'm not going to let anybody tell me otherwise. Until we start losing games that I believe we can win, I'm not going to let anyone tell me otherwise. Because if we go 8-4 and four or 9-3, and three, which is all possibilities, 9-3, and 8-4, and 7-5, and five, all three of those, I believe, are realistic possibilities. And if that happens, ladies and gentlemen, when we play the Patriots in Buffalo again with a healthier team that's more cohesive and playing together and understand what they need to do now, listen, we might even win the division. Keep your eyes open. Get ready for it, ladies and gentlemen, because the Miami Dolphins are on the rise and we have arrived. That San Francisco 49ers beat down last week was a thing of beauty, but we got to see what we do this week versus the Jets. I look for us to take care of business. I look for Flores to lead the troops the right way. I look to be very excited going into the bye. And listen, fins up to all the Miami Dolphin fans. This is what it's about. Do you believe? Do you believe? Ladies and gentlemen, do you believe in Finn's talk with TD? I appreciate your love and support. I am out. I'll see y'all soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.